Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. He's been selected to present this by a blindfolded boy picking a ball out of a bowl. Will you please welcome Richard Herring? Hello! Hooray! Hello! Welcome to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast, or as some of the cool kids are calling it, Rahel Estepar. And uh, where's Andy gone? He's disappeared. Oh, he's there. That's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> found a friend. That's good to see. So, um, uh, yeah, welcome. It's uh, very exciting uh, news for me uh, in the last couple of weeks because uh, uh, the idea of putting a Shrek in it uh, was trending on Twitter. For, it was the top UK trend very briefly in Twitter, as I suggested people put Shreks in things. Probably completely blowing this very sweet running joke in too quickly. That's the problem. But uh, here were some of my favourites that people came up with some of them are mine some Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy, Sailor a Shrek uh, Sarita Sue and Bob too and a Shrek as well basically you just have to put a Shrek in things it's, some people didn't get it they put Shrek in it's not Shrek it's a Shrek uh, and it's not for puns it's just literally uh, um, no country for old men or a middle aged Shrek Kramer versus Kramer versus a Shrek or I think better Kramer versus Kramer and a Shrek I think the Kramer with the Shrek would win. Frost, Nixon, a Shrek. What's eating Gilbert Grape? A Shrek. With nail and eye, I am a Shrek. A man for all seasons, a Shrek for summer and winter, but not autumn. One flew over the cuckoo's nest which contained a mentally ill Shrek. It's a wonderful life since a Shrek turned round and stopped me jumping in the river. Turned up. Uh, I know what you did last summer and I'm pretty sure about what a Shrek did in September. Uh, so anyway, that's that ruined. But I'm going to now... But the new one's going to be putting Tim from the office uh, in things as well. But not in the title, that's rubbish. It actually has to be a character replaced with Tim from the office. Like in Sherlock Holmes, that's what's going to be the next thing that happens. That's going to be the next UK trend. Put a bet on it at Ladbrokes, because it's going to happen. And I was delighted to see that David Mitchell was mocking me, thinking I was seeing things like uh, Justin Lee Collins in the street and the Shreks of Westminster Bridge. He said that could not have happened. But I, if you Google the Shreks of Westminster Bridge, you'll see a picture of one of the Shreks. And they do have human, they do have Shrek hands, so they're definitely real Shreks. Um, and so uh, it's Guy Fawkes night tonight. Yeah, anyone going to a fireworks party <laughs> afterwards? Um, uh, I love Guy Fawkes. He is my favourite, one of my favourite. My favourite historical character is Perkin Warbeck, the pretender to the throne of Henry VII. I don't need to tell you that. I mainly like him because he's got a funny name, Perkin Warbeck. But I like Guy Fawkes. And the reason I like Guy Fawkes is because when he was apprehended uh, in the cellars, just about to light the fuse, he's, they asked him what his name was. And he said his name was John Johnson. Which... <laughs> Shows a paucity of imagination. You'd think you would have prepared a name. Okay, if you're going to make up a name. <laughs> hey, you thought, oh, I'll get away with it. I'd give a false name. What's your address? Um, one John Terrace, John Street, St. Johnston. Uh, what's your middle name? It's John. It's John. What, it's John, John, Johnson. Yeah, John, John. Johnson seems unlikely. Um, but he also escaped to justice by, uh, he's a bit like Fred West. Um, you know, in that, probably Guy Fawkes has killed more people ultimately than anyone else, any other serial killer. And he didn't succeed in his actual crime, but subsequently, um, thousands of people have been maimed and killed by fireworks and bonfires. He's killing for hundreds of years. I just read a QI said that they used to, in the 17th century, they used to put live cats inside the guys they put on fires in order to make the guy scream. 
So Guy Fawkes has been, that's really fun. But Guy Fawkes was meant to be hung, hanged, drawn and quartered, um, which is pretty fucking horrible. Eviscerated, you get your cock chopped off, then you get cut into four bits and get sort of dragged all over. I think once you're into four bits, they hang you till you're nearly dead, but not quite dead. Then they, then they take out your guts, cut off your cock, uh, sort of put you into four bits and then put those four bits in different places. I think once you're in the four bits, I think the punishment's over. I think the point where your cock is off and you're going, ah, oh, my guts are hanging out. Oh, not my cock as well. Oh. Once you, I think you'd be kind of quite glad to be cut into four bits by that. But he escaped that by jumping off the, uh, the scaffold. So he didn't get, he died. He killed, he took his own life. Like uh, Harold Shipman. All the best ones do it. Uh, so his final victim was himself. For Guy Fawkes, he was his only victim. <laughs> he knew of. Um, and uh, also in the news, a, a terrorist attra- attack was uh, prevented and supposedly these guys who were going to carry out uh, had the idea of driving a truck into a crowd of people, which is pretty bad, like you'd hurt some people, but then they were also going to put some butcher's knives on that truck to kill some other people as well. But that struck me as being quite similar to the terrorist atrocity that uh, Charlie Brooker came up with on this very podcast where he had the idea of two people on motorcycles with the sort of, sort of cheese wire held quite low so it would cut off everyone's feet. And then there'd just be loads of people lying around the street going, ah, and their feet would be off. I'm just slightly worried that, you know, I know a lot of people from Al-Qaeda listening to this. They like, they like my mixture of chatting with comedians plus sort of paedophile jokes. And... Uh, <laughs> is mainly what it is so I'm hoping that you know don't if the, the, the things we give out are just jokes do not try these terrorist attacks <laughs> in reality um, and you see I've got a new notebook look at this this is my uh, Slytherin notebook yeah I was in the Harry Potter world as you may all know a couple of weeks ago and um, I don't really like Harry Potter so what I thought I'd do to show JK Rowling I bought a Slytherin uh, notebook for £18.50 so uh, and so it showed I was pretty cool because I bought it in an ironic way and I hope she spends the money ironically that I have given <laughs> um, uh, what's that say there oh yeah just uh, if you listen to my warming up uh, podcast the, the last one uh, the November the 3rd one has a sort of mysterious like wanking noise on it and it's not me wanking it's about me going to a fireworks display I think and then there's suddenly this it's like a ghost wanking if you listen to it it's kind of weird because I think it might be genuinely I've I've been messing around with the occult in this podcast and asking people about ghosts and stuff and I think the ghosts are showing not showing their displeasure exactly they're showing the I I did end up that I was covered in a kind of strange ectoplasm after that but have a listen to it it's kind of sweet I think we could use it as evidence because it's sort of if it, if it is me wanking, and I don't think it is, but I've got quite confused about... Because I've been doing a lot of things where I split my personality. It might, I might have actually just been wanking off. But from my voice, if it's, it'd be me too that's wanking, because my voice is just stays steady and not like I'm... And, and it's quite furious wanking, isn't it, if you've heard it? But it's worth listening to. I'm not trying to get you to listen to my other podcast, but that is... Uh, worth doing and uh, I'm a bit worried about the number of doppelgangers there was a man in Richmond someone tw- loads of people tweeted me saying were you just in Richmond or were you just such and such were you here and it's never me and there's a guy in Richmond wearing a suit who was tiny apparently but I'm quite small so it might not be it might, it might I'm worried it was me I was in Shepherd's Bush when I got, and he was shaking someone's hand he said I saw you in Richmond you seemed you were so cute you were smaller than I expected and I tweeted back I said it wasn't me he said oh are you sure because the bloke said are you Rich Terring and he said yes <laughs> 
<laughs> so there's a man pretending to be me. I'm be escaped, I'm be escaped, but it might be me. That's because with David Mitchell again, I was talking about you know the fact that I was worried that the, the that I was in a. In a, a KFC in Portsmouth as well, and I'm worried I've gone mad, but I'm not. I haven't gone mad. Anyway, um, there'll be more, maybe more from Harry Potter later. Look, anyway, we're going to get on with the podcast. That was, you know, quite successful bit of. I, I made notes and everything in this. Slip my sliver in. Pretty cool, aren't I, with my slithering? Yeah, uh, not not Hufflepuff like you, mate. Oh, you know you know it's true. Uh, so uh, we've got a fantastic guest. I'm very excited about meeting. We've talked to him before on uh, Rehef. Uh, not many fans of Rehef been, uh, but uh, we're going to talk to him at greater length. He is probably best known as the presenter of the Top of the Form story. Uh, we'll talk about him to that a little bit. Uh, just, but I'm sure he's sick of talking about that, but we'll talk to you about that a little bit. Will you please welcome Dave Gorman. He is Dave Gorman. Are you Dave Gorman? Yes, you are. Hello, come in. You can, uh, you can take your mic out or have it in, whatever you prefer. So we'll, we'll get out of the way, Dave. How, uh, tell us some of, the, you know, some of the behind the scenes stories from the top of the form story. Um, the, the, the top of the form story was a one-off, I think, for BBC Four. Uh, where Should have they, been a series, I'd yeah, say. It was they, amazing. They celebrated the archive, the old uh, game show from before I was born, called Top of the Form. Uh, and it was filmed in a warehouse uh, in West London somewhere on a very cold day. And the only comments I got from members of the public were, how red is your nose? Because <laughs> it just, it just, I just had a really red nose on this thing. And I kept saying, do I look cold? And they kept going, no, no, it's fine. <laughs> It's fine, and, and so like sometimes you, know, you do things on on TV and you will get things going. Oh, that was really funny, or I hate you, or you're literally just like fifty comments from all going. You've got a really red nose. <laughs> it's weird. Well, it's what everyone knows you for, but we're not going to go on about yeah. it. If, you know, if, if you see him in the street, if they've cut your cock off and then cut you in four, uh, haven't yeah. they cut you in five pieces? <laughs> Maybe they cut your cock into four bits as well, and yeah. then put, yeah. attach one Sorry. bit of the cock with a staple of some kind to each part. <laughs> It's your, gen- it's your whole genital yeah. region, including your vast deferens and your cowper's gland. Um, did, did anyone suggest like a Shrek to a Shrek? <laughs> for putting a Shrek in it? No. Okay. Well, because the Shrek is, for me, the perfect film in that it has a Shrek in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Shrek 4 is not as good because they put loads of Shrek. They put too did many. They? You can put too many in. It's just one Shrek. Okay. We just need one Shrek, and that's why Shrek One is a great film until Princess Fiona turns into another Shrek, and that's ruined then it for really you. spoiled yeah. to the yeah. end. I want to see a Shrek and a human woman going out. Is Richard, it just me? Is there some kind of kind of Richard, chiming there's a clock? Sound. Could da- Dave, could you possibly use the backstage mic? Well, yeah, but they won't be able to see me. <laughs> you go. Doesn't matter at home for the people at home. We'll just pretend it's. Uh, Pretend it's Dave Gorman now. Dave could only do three minutes and now it's going to be <laughs> someone impersonating him from behind. I'm not, I'm not convinced this is better, to be honest with you. It's just, it's, a, it's actually Dave's tombra. He has a very grandfather clock style echo to his voice. Bang, twang. Is it weird? It's, oh, that's, that's worse, worse, isn't it? That's worse. We did test the mics. We're going we're gonna to soldier on. I think we probably should. Yeah, that's going to work out. Uh, it's, it's slightly, you know, it's going so well. 
Uh, and uh, now slightly, slightly wrecked. Look, well, well, let's get this out of the way first of all, uh, second of all, because we've got the top of the format the way, which is the main yeah. thing people would want to know about. Uh, the Absolute Radio Show that you've been presenting for three years has just, we just heard that has, is coming to a closure. Yeah, we have two more shows. Oh. Um, and Bless you for the boo. Why didn't you go nuts on air and tell it and go, well, it's fucking ridiculous, I'm the best in the world at doing stuff. That's what I've, I'm going to do when this podcast I gets taken like off. I felt like that coin had been spent this week. <laughs> I didn't think there was more mileage in that. And also, I know full well that I'm not the best. And that would be weird. Um, as and, and the circumstances are very different I, um, I really like Danny Baker I, I, I'm a huge fan I think he is the best and I think it's ridiculous and he was angry I also found it very hard to listen to that particular show um, and, and I did say to the others on our show you know none of us are being inducted into the Radio Academy Hall of Fame let's not do what he did <laughs> that would be weird <laughs> so we, we avoided all that but we've always done on our show, we've always had a rule, because every, every, almost everyone who emails a radio show adds uh, a thing at the beginning of the email saying, love the show, but, um, and our policy has always been to never read any of those things out, and we've always tried to strip the ego out of it, uh, and we think we should leave in the same tone uh, as we've continued for three years. Very good. So, there. That's you know there. what I think would have kept it going? Yeah. What, and then when I stood in for you yeah. for a couple of weeks what I did yeah. I, I put a Shrek in it that's what you should have done <laughs> it was quite clever because it's the radio yeah and I didn't the Shrek was there there's a hidden didn't, tin didn't from speak. the office that I've seen as well actually yeah, yeah. he put tin from the office in but uh, yeah we, we well you don't know that we've been hiding a Shrek in the show <laughs> this has been there for the, the whole of the last year alright actually oh it's amazing that it would go because that is the yeah that well, usually we, would rescue anything, however poor it was. <laughs> the Shrek, because you're looking at it, going, well, that's rubbish, and then, ah. Uh, the Everything the is a little bit nicer with a Shrek, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But it might be, because I think about six months ago, we introduced a second Shrek, and I think we were probably overdoing it. <laughs> Too many Shreks. Yeah. One Shrek. Yeah, I think Jump you were right. We jumped the Shrek. Shrek. There you go. That's a good uh, one, uh, one bloke, Andy, like that. It's harder, isn't it? It's harder than it looks. <laughs> You think it just—it looks like just two blokes saying Shrek a lot, and then you think, "Well, I can join in with that." Yeah, I can say Shrek in a sentence, and then one bloke finds it funny. But to be honest, it's one more than quite a lot. Of, uh, it's what I've been saying. But so I, far, it's got... I think you should get that on a T-shirt. Dump the Shrek. Dump the Shrek. I think you should get that. I think the Shrek joke, uh, the uh, the Ashrek joke. It's not the Shrek. It's Ashrek. The Ashrek joke has jumped the, sh- the Shrek and the shark. Because it's... Uh, I blew it, because it's now it's been all over the place. What I quite like when I did it on Twitter, because uh, then it becomes a trending topic, and then people who are, don't know anything yeah. about it will then see it, and one bloke going, what's this... Uh, put a Shrek in it. It should be put Shrek in it, not a Shrek. <laughs> uh, grammatically, is grammatically incorrect. You can see... Who that it, would have thought uh, there <laughs> a dramatic pedants on Twitter? <laughs> who, who would have thought they were there? And then he said, you can tell it's half-term. <laughs> Uh, because and if you could have seen me I was literally sitting I was sitting in Eat in uh, the Westfield in Shepherd's Bush with tears of laughter running down my face at all the people doing all these straight. and then I got really bored of it a bit then it became really funny again but if you'd seen me go yeah someone some bloody 15 year old it's a 45 year old man who has amused himself so much by this he is crying literally crying and the angrier that man gets the more amused you will be by it as well and some people someone said who's Ash Wreck <laughs> who is this guy Ashrek and what should we put him in uh, but um, 
<laughs> well, I'm going to talk about Twitter because you are you're a keen man, uh, keen user of the I, I use the Twitter, Twitter platform. Yes, I, 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 yes, I like Twitter, uh, but there is a weird um, there's a weird obsession people get with Twitter. And this this I, I was I was very briefly on MySpace, and I was only on MySpace because there were two people impersonating me on MySpace, and the easiest way of getting rid of them uh, was to go on MySpace. And I didn't like it when I got there. I'm not a friend of uh, Tom. And I, um, <laughs> so all I put on my MySpace profile was, uh, I'm not really using this. There were a couple of people impersonating me. If you want to ask me a question, you can send me an email if you go to my website and, and here's where it is. And all that happened, not one person went there and thought, oh, I was going to ask him a question. Oh, now I know where to go and ask him a question. All I got was every time I'd sort of log in once a month and see what happened, and there'd be like 150 messages from me were going, how dare you? I want to speak to you on MySpace, man, MySpace. I'm on MySpace. Why aren't you answering things on MySpace? Like, if you went to someone's house, if you went to a friend's house and there was a note on the door saying, sorry, I'm not in, I'm in the calf." You would go round the calf, <laughs> not leave a rude note at the house going, how fucking dare you for being helpful and telling me where you are. <laughs> and, there's that, and there's a thing like that on Twitter now, whereas if it isn't on Twitter, it doesn't exist. And every thought must be expressed on Twitter. <laughs> and if you can get something trending on Twitter, that is success. I think it is. And nothing else... <laughs> But you Hard know that do. it isn't, and that's why it amuses you. <laughs> so people end up, they do this thing. You get tweets from people saying, let's get such and such trending. And sometimes the such and such means nothing to me, and it's clearly a campaign or a cause or something. And, and I say, what, what is it you're trying to get trending? What, you, what cause are you trying to help? And they say, just get it trending, retweet this. <laughs> But then what happens is 10,000 people retweet that in order to get it trending, and it's trending, and you click on the trending link, and all you can find is thousands of people saying, let's get this trending, and no fucking information about what it actually is, and somebody somewhere sitting there going, yeah, we got it trending, aren't we fucking brilliant? And nobody is any the wiser about what it is they were trying to achieve. And then five minutes later, you click on it, and it's just porn bots. <laughs> because they immediately cannibalise anything that is trending and I find all that really difficult I like the porn box <laughs> that's why I got something trending but then people people uh, kind of ask they, they sort of get annoyed and when a guy most people are very nice about it obviously you, got, you obviously get like lots of charity requests right? and, yeah. I, and I've sort of yeah. said and I think you've said the same thing I think I've read you saying that, but you know you sort of go, if I retweet all of your charity requests my whole I've got to do it for everyone I can't just do it for one charity yeah. uh, if I'm going to do everything that comes in and if I then my whole feed will just be retweets of that and everyone no one A I'll lose all my followers and B no one will give everything I actually followed this the other day I, I, just as a bit of weird like research for myself Somebody who'd been asking me to retweet a particular charity, and he was asking me once every four hours. And so it was clear that every now and then, and you'd look at his page, and he, every four hours, he would sit down at the computer and sit there cutting and pasting and hitting send, and he would ask like 150 people to retweet something. And so I looked, and I started seeing who had retweeted it. And in one day, he got three retweets. He asked about 900 people, <laughs> and three of them retweeted it. I'm not going to say who they were, because I don't, it's not, it's not, it doesn't matter what the cause was or, or whatever. It was, clear, it was for a good charity. One of the people who retweeted it was a beloved TV presenter. 
as who the nation loves. One of the people was a pop star uh, who's slightly fading, and one of the person was a radio DJ who does a morning show on a not very well-known station. Between them, they had over a million followers. At the end of that day, so over a million people, in theory, have seen these retweets from these people, and at the end of the day, the increase on that man's Just Giving page was £7.50. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hell of a lot of effort asking 900 people to get three people to retweet it. And clearly, even when one of the nation's most beloved TV presenters retweets <laughs> it to nearly a million people, one person goes and gives... And, and £7.50, one of those, you know, two people have sponsored them, one of those might have just been his mate anyway. <laughs> you don't know it's directly correlated to that, but he, that's literally all it does. And actually, people used to go and organise a coffee morning yeah, that's a much better use of your time and energy than sitting there going cut pace, cut pace. I've asked nine hundred people. I'm brilliant, me. And I don't. Well, it sounds like you're being really horrible. And you're all looking at me like I'm being horrible. But don't you pretend that any of you have ever clicked and donated because Emma Bunton retweeted a charity request? You, you know you fucking haven't. Is the truth. And it becomes the background noise because it's so prevalent. And the minute it becomes the background noise, everyone feels they can ignore it, and then it's not doing anything. Exactly. So if you yeah. you, you wait until the right thing comes along, or you find an interesting way of doing it. So it's about yeah. You know, it's about it has to come with it. a personal endorsement yeah. and a reason for it, otherwise it just... Or just that, but I quite like the stupidity of Twitter and, and you know, there was a, there was a, a very Dave Gorman-esque thing that happened to me just completely accidentally where I, uh, someone, so I noticed someone else called Richard Hayne was doing a Just Giving Yes. yes, I saw and so yeah, then and I was lovely. a bit drunk and just thought, well, I'll retweet that and see if we can get like him a couple hundred quid. Just, and say, just pretend, pretend that it's me and, or, you know, let's, get, yeah. let's surprise this guy in the morning. And then we, we raised like £3,000 because yeah. people <laughs> thought it was funny. It was sort of like it a practical joke. Charity flash mob. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it was fantastic. <laughs> it was and those like, things are, are brilliant. But, but you know, it's, it's so hard when people. Are, and they're trying to tug in your heartstrings, and, and it does, but if you were being rational about it, if you, if you did one, it would be worth it, but then you'd have to evaluate the 50 you had that morning and say which one is the most deserving, and then you're literally judging whether something in memory of that person's child or that person's wife or something, yeah. which ones, it's impossible to put them in order. And also your job would then be just doing that. <laughs> yeah, 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 nothing yeah, yeah. else yeah. to do. So it's a kind of difficult thing to do, but yeah, I think, I mean, I, that for me, retweeting anything is sort of, if, if you start retweeting everything... It sort of becomes meaningless. Yeah. And what I my my you know I, I have written a rule, list of rules which is sort of slightly tongue in cheek, but also yeah yeah. Uh, but you know I'll retweet things when I want to retweet them. If and if someone asks me to retweet something, I'm unlikely to do. I, that. I now have a blanket policy of I will never retweet anything you ask me to retweet. Right. And every time I say that, I get a hundred tweets saying, "Please don't retweet this." <laughs> and I don't. <laughs> which is all very nice. <laughs> How's it been working with Michael Legg on your Absolute Radio show? Because he is... Have you deliberately... You like being with people who've got the same name as you or the same face as you, it seems. Did you he deliberately doesn't have the same you? face as me. He has the same face as Mick Talbot. Um, <laughs> um, uh, and, and he once had a beard and therefore got told he looked like me. He does look like He you. doesn't look I, like I, me. I keep on thinking you are Michael Legg. And I'm going to well, ask you... That's going to make me questions. angry and then I'll be more like Michael Legg. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Didn't your wife mistake Michael Legg for you on one occasion? Is there something like that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but not like she went in and he was in the bath. And, you know, not in a, in a terrible way. But yeah, she did see him at a distance and think it was me. Yeah. I think what that point? means he looks like you. <laughs> or your wife is kind of needs some glasses. Well, I think it's... Well, clearly my wife needs glasses. <laughs> she married me. She must need glasses. Um, but yeah, no, people... 
anyone in the world who is white, has brown hair and has a red beard apparently is my spitting image. <laughs> and, and Michael, I admit, is closer than most. But no rational person, and only my wife has made that mistake. <laughs> but at a, at a distance and walking into a room where she expected me to be. So she was slightly fooled. <laughs> Perhaps, but do you get, I mean, I've been getting a lot of tweets about me being in places where I'm not, being in restaurants. I said, uh, when I um, tweet... This is when, you just preparing an alibi. Well, it, it? I mean, it feels like it. <laughs> it, is, it feels, I feel like oh, I'm going I, to be... I, I saw Richard Herring in Richmond being a sex pest the other day. <laughs> well, I think if he doesn't do this podcast, you'll find it wasn't me. <laughs> it feels like... When I, I, tweet, I wrote a Metro article about having given up drinking, and then someone tweeted, said, well, that's interesting, given how you behaved in East London in the curry house the other day. And I went, wow, I've yeah, yeah. been to East London. Walthamstow, wasn't it? Walthamstow's a long way away to go for a curry. And then this guy, he said, I said, well, what happened? He said, there was a guy and he looked like you and he was swearing and got thrown out of the thing. And then there was a guy in Taunton in the restaurant, it was me. Yeah. It's a man in Richmond pretending I, to me. I get it a lot. And it's also because I used to have sideburns, which were, so that was very distinctive to people. So, so people, even more then, if they saw a man with sideburns, that must be me. Yeah. Um, and, and I've met three people who swear that they've met me and I know they haven't met me. And I know you can piece the pieces together and clearly what has happened is people have gone up to a man and said, you're Dave Gorman, and he's been going, yep. Because <laughs> they've told me about conversations. One, a guy who's a barman in Camden bought me a drink and I thought, that's weird, thank you. And he said, well, you know, we've met before, haven't we? And I went, no, we haven't. I don't think so, sorry, have we? He went, yeah, we were at the darkness together. <laughs> I know full well I've never seen the darkness, but apparently I was buying this man drinks at the darkness and talking to him about my TV shows. <laughs> so somebody has not only looked like me, but decided it's somehow advantageous to him to continue to pretend to be me and got away with it for a night, oh, yeah. at least once. That sounds like you're preparing. <laughs> and he got off with, apparently got off with some girls at the darkness gig. It does sound like that, doesn't it? But, but. but it's a terrible thing to think that they might... I've got to... See, if I, give, I kind of want to give out some code that people will know it's me, but if I, if I give out the code, I think the person the pretending to me... is going to find it. He will know what the code is and he will utilise it. Um, I've, maybe I should... I'll say I've got a, um, a birthmark like a butterfly on my... Right by my anus... Right, it's just right on the cheek of my anus. And if you see that's me in the a, street, that's not a birthmark, that's a stain. <laughs> and if you see if you see me in the street, ask to see that. <laughs> now it's the opposite of preparing an alibi. <laughs> now it's preparing a crime. <laughs> Why would someone pretend to be? I, mean, I guess if you look like me, then there's no. You haven't got much option. You can't go down. Well, you can pretend to be Brad Pitt because a lot of people think I look exactly like Brad Pitt. Charlie Borman. Charlie Borman. Charlie Borman. Well, yeah, I th I'm thinking it might be Charlie Borman. But the people are usually, the Richard Herrings out there, are usually behaving really badly. And there was one, there was a, the one in the KFC, there was a photo, and I looked at the photo and I thought it was me. <laughs> this, I, um, I was in, I had a 10-day holiday recently, and it coincided with my second anniversary. And so we were in Cyprus, my wife and I, and we went for dinner on the occasion of our second anniversary. And over my wife's shoulder sat down a woman who was the spitting image of my mum. <laughs> and it completely ruined the dinner. <laughs> We're in Cyprus, and, I, and it looked like my mum was over there having dinner with Alex Ferguson. <laughs> and I felt like she had come to spy on me. Mum, I'm 41, it's my second wedding. And, and I was pointed out to my wife, and she was like, my God, it does. And then we had to do that thing where we were taking photos, and we were in a restaurant, you can't, 
openly take a photo of a woman who's five yards over there. So I was trying to take photos as if of my wife, but actually zoomed in really far and a little bit off centre. <laughs> So that I could show my mum when I got home. Yeah. And, and even my mum said, I thought that was me. Yeah. I well, that's thought... what usually you get sent the phone and you go, that doesn't look yeah, like yeah. me. But this guy really looked like me. To the extent I think it might have been me. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like me. It was like me ten years ago with a sort of slightly bit of blonde thing in my hair. And I'm, I think it might be the ghost there of was... me, but I'm not dead. We had a lovely email sent into the radio show one time, uh, which sort of set up a, a meme that lasted for weeks on the show. And it was a guy, I can't remember the exact details, but he was driving like a maroon Vauxhall Cavalier or something. Something, you know, an old car you don't see many of in a colour that you don't see many of or something like that. And he was like on the M1 and he got overtaken by another maroon Vauxhall Cavalier. <laughs> And in his head, he was thinking, I don't want to catch them up and drive past in case I'm driving that one as well. <laughs> <laughs> the, the fear of what will I do if it turns out that's me, which I love. <laughs> is it you from the past or you from the future? It'd be quite cool if it's you from the future because you go, hey, I get to live another until I look like that. And I just and won't I still can't get rid of this shitty car. <laughs> <laughs> We're well, talking about someone heckling you, Dave. No, no, I thought there was a question or something that was. Don't, that was don't, don't open up now. Quite, their questions are terrible. <laughs> okay. We'll save it to the end. They might give some questions at the end. Are you okay. looking at there's a little fly flying around? I think they got distracted by the little fly. It's attracted to my uh, butterfly birthmark on my <laughs> anus. It's going right up there. Um, I'd asked you this question. I have talked before in the Edinburgh Fringe uh, podcast, yeah. and I re- listened to it. Which I never ever listen back to these. I fucking hate myself. I don't know. How, I don't know how any of you can listen. I think I'm a complete dick. I don't know how any of you. Um, you were very funny though, so it was all right. So I enjoyed your Bless bits. You. But I did ask you one of the stock questions, which I'm asking everyone. Yeah. Which is, have you ever seen a ghost? And you hadn't. I haven't. But no. have you seen a ghost since August last year? <laughs> no. Uh, it was unlikely, but it's. It was unlikely. But there is a subsidiary question to that now. Yeah. Has your sibling ever? Any of your siblings ever seen a ghost? If they have, they've kept it to themselves, which seems unlikely. (laughs) I think most people who were convinced they'd seen a ghost would tell other people about it. Yeah, you might be right. But we have a strange way of communicating in... in, We're not the most communicative family. When I was... um, When I I proposed to my wife, we were at the northernmost point of Scotland, and we were in a real rickety hotel. And there was, like, one corner of the room where you could get phone reception and so I just proposed and my wife had said, my, my girlfriend at the time had said yes and, and uh, so we called my wife's parents uh, who, who were saying well, what do you mean you've asked somebody else to marry you um, uh, so we called my girlfriend's parents and uh, and and they were lovely and, and charming and sweet and immediately asked to put me on the phone and, and were very welcoming and lovely. And then we called my mum and I said, oh, mum, uh, it's really good news. I've, I've asked Beth to marry me. And she said, yes. And my mum said, oh, that's lovely. Have you heard John's news? <laughs> that, so maybe they have seen ghosts and it just hasn't got round maybe. yet. That's the kind of network. What's John's news that he'd asked Beth to marry him? <laughs> and she said, yes, because that would, that would be... Yeah, that's nice, David. Have you heard John's news? Because this <laughs> no, might affect... Your... That, that no. wasn't John's news. No, no thank it, was, God. it was related to his work. <laughs> but it, 
Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> See, you thought the sibling ghost question was really useless, didn't you? But I wouldn't have gotten that out of him otherwise. Yeah. It's a very clever question. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm just going to... Although, yeah, I have... I have seen I, a ghost. No, I haven't seen Although a ghost. I have seen no, a ghost. no, I haven't seen a ghost, and none of my siblings have seen a ghost. But <laughs> yeah. I have seen a ghost's sibling. <laughs> yeah, that could, that's possible. So, a living sibling. Yeah, 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 yeah. What I mean, I've seen someone who has a sibling who is dead. Yeah. And if ghosts exist, then I've seen a ghost sibling. I think, I think you'd have had There's to... There's probably one in the room, to be honest I with think, you. There's almost I, certain a number of people in a room like this that somebody has got a sibling who don't want to bring it up, but it's, it's, it's likely. <laughs> it is likely, isn't it, really, I think for that to be... For you to claim that, I think that the, the sibling would have had to been seen... The, ghost, the sibling who was a ghost would have had to been seen as a ghost by someone. Someone would have to say, I've got a sibling. <laughs> and someone saw them on a castle tenement going... <laughs> Which, I don't know, it's unlikely they, you know, they would be up on a castle tenement because they're from the 21st it's century. Because ghosts are always, yeah. from, from sort of way back when, they're always 15th century handmaidens and people who fought in this war or that war. And, you know, people... Died in the 60s. You never see a 60s ghost. No, I've never heard a story a about a 60s or a 70s ghost. Takes a while hanging to around Carnaby Street. You've got to qualify, take the exams. <laughs> they, should, they, should be, they should be updating these things. Yeah. They should be, and they really yeah. they should be. And, and just like prehistoric apes and like those I, strange little mammals that look like kind of <laughs> rats. They should be ghosts of those. Yeah. You can see those. I once. Um, I did a TV show years ago about astrology and it wasn't very well received but um, I, I was promoting it at the time and we did this um, slightly whorish bit of promotion uh, it was in the back of a magazine um, of a red top weekend magazine and they took me to meet three psychics uh, so, but it was all set up with the journalist and a photographer and a PR person and me so not one of the psychics didn't know what was going on we weren't sort of undercover journalism it was three f- f- gang of us turning up at these houses and they knew that I was promoting a BBC2 TV show um, one of them was Sally Morgan oh. who for years I, I appeared on her website as, uh, as an endorsement of Sally Morgan it was, and it actually said top comedian Dave Gordon <laughs> As an endorsement on her website, which I loved, because you know, you're really not that perceptive. Um, but so I, one of them sort well, of she's very perceptive, yeah, and the future yeah. holds something quite unexpected for yeah. you. Um, I'm just saying, might be get hung, drawn, and quartered, and they don't get to the quartered bit. That's what I'm know. saying. You never know. Um, <laughs> and one of them sort of read my palm. One of them did tarot, and one of them did, you know, read my aura or something. And they were universally terrible. <laughs> it was hilarious because. I, I, I don't know if they know they're lying. I couldn't tell that. But I, but I think some of them might believe what they do is real. But most of the people who go to them are going to them because they have an issue, some insecurity in their life, um, and they want advice and guidance. So most people, it's going to be either um, they've lost someone they love and they want to find out more, or they have issues with their love life, or their health, or finances. Those are kind of like the big areas that people are going to go and, and seek help on. Um, and so all of their, their sort of script would be, are you having trouble with your love life? Are you? And, and they were kind of fishing for that area. And you think, oh, I'm promoting a TV show on BBC Two. And two out of the three of them, their first question was, 
are you having money trouble? <laughs> no, I'm promoting a TV show on BBC Two. That means I've just got paid quite handsomely. It's, a, it's the stupidest fucking question you could ask. Out of all the obvious first questions, you've gone for the stupidest. They're um, amazing people. Should have asked you that first. If only I'd known. <laughs> if you, oh, I know. Are you having trouble with financial, Dave? Well, I am now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've just lost my job on Absolute. I'm, I'm brassic, but, but I'm not, you're not a psychic. I am. You're not. Did your gran used to have, uh, like, blue ornaments on her, uh, like, on the fireplace? Oh, my God. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. She did. Did she have, like, an unusual piece of furniture? Like, there was just one piece of furniture she had that was quite unusual compared to what you wouldn't expect. Like, maybe something from abroad or just, like, something that wasn't quite a traditional piece of furniture. Well, there was the torture chamber. We <laughs> had a few bits. The, the good thing about it is you have two cracks in it. That's the thing we say, your gran. Yeah, yeah. I haven't specified which one. So you got just, it was, you know, got that doubles the chances of me being right. This is true. And, you know, with modern Britain, as time goes on, people will have, like, eight. Yeah. You know, my... my nieces have got more than the two grands because people have divorced and got remarried and got step-parents and the rest and of it. And the so, ghost yeah, ones goes as well, on, doesn't it? Some yeah. ghost and the ghosts. ghosts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they come in, they all Your options are improving. Have you... And let's put in one question just to save some time because I don't want to waste a lot of time okay. on stupid questions. Have you, or any of your siblings, <laughs> ever seen a Bigfoot? <laughs> I love this question. It makes me laugh. I'm trying to do it seriously every time. Yeah. It always makes me laugh. Can I, can I clarify whether you mean a Sasquatch? <laughs> I'm glad you're just asking an me unusually big foot. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've been to the circus and we've seen those shoes on the clowns. No, I do. I thought you were going to go for an even more pedantic uh, question. I do mean a Sasquatch. Yeah. But I would not accept a Yeti. Okay. If, if someone said I was in the Himalayas and I saw a Bigfoot, I would say, no, my friend, you did not. Uh, then, then, no, I've seen a Yeti, <laughs> yeah. not a Bigfoot. No, I'm not interested. Yeah. I don't want to hear any more about it. No. I'm only just... It's not worth talking about, it to is. be honest. It's a Yeti. <laughs> so far, no one's seen a Bigfoot. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Or, well, or you or David Mitchell's siblings. I haven't, I've only started asking the sibling question since last week. I might have to get the others on to ask about their siblings, because I didn't... But I reckon... If one of their siblings had seen a Bigfoot, they'd go, I haven't, but my sister did. You see, but, but this, is, this is working on the assumption that my brothers would tell me if they'd seen a Bigfoot. <laughs> I think they would. We don't really have that many conversations. And most of it is filtered through my mum. But with your twin, you have a twin brother. I do oh, I assumed you'd made up for that show. But yeah, it seems to have gone on long enough that I don't think you could have kept him on the payroll. No, no, my... Because I'd never heard of him. Then suddenly, oh yeah, I've got a twin brother. I've never, yeah... Yeah, he's just come out of nowhere. Does, does everyone always gone about their twin? Yeah, they do. I do would. other adults constantly when you meet them say, oh, and by the way, I've got a twin? <laughs> I might have a twin. He's in Richmond and I don't even know. <laughs> I haven't even been told about him. He's going around I, pretending to be me. My, my twin doesn't look like me. Um, he doesn't even... You know the twins I had in Coronation Street, the McDonald boys? Yes, the one's yeah. blonde and thin of face and one was square-faced and Is uh, one of them your hair. twin brothers? No, like, <laughs> we look less like each other That's than right. they did. And like when, when people meet the two of us, they don't even believe that we're brothers, let alone twin and twin. And, uh, and so I did a TV show, and he, he was in it as my twin. And loads of people went, that's not your twin. <laughs> You're making him up. You think, oh, if I was going to make him up, I'd hire someone who fucking looked like me, wouldn't I? As there seems to be hundreds of them around. I'm constantly, there's one of them went to the darkness the other day. I'll get, I'll get him a job. 
Um, but no, he, my, my twin looks nothing like But me. even so, yeah. you are cyclically linked. So if he saw a Bigfoot, you would also see it, even if you weren't there. I'm not convinced those things are true. Although, there was a thing when we were younger where if he was ever in, like, pain, I'd have this real sense of pleasure deep in my guts. <laughs> and it wouldn't be explained until no. later and I saw the bruises. <laughs> and I think that went both ways. <laughs> More the other way. <laughs> so, you know, one of you's evil and one of you's good. That, yeah, that's, that's how twins have to be, obviously. That's, that's how it works. Yeah. Um, oh, the, the, we talked about the Google Wack thing in the Edinburgh thing. I, I, yeah. You know, I, so you go and listen to that. But I'm trying to do... I'm not trying to copy you uh, in everything you do. <laughs> Uh, uh, but I've, I've come up with a thing that you can you can join in with me on this because okay. like, I feel like it's slightly your idea, but I'm saying it's mine now. Okay, it's like a Google whack of comedy. But what yeah. you've got to have is you tell a joke in a room that's got quite a lot of people in it. This would probably just about qualify that makes only one person laugh <laughs> and the other nobody else even smile. You've got oh, to find wow. a joke that that. But and ideally an entire 90 minute comedy show that makes one person <laughs> laugh at everything. But no one else laugh. I think that's what you could, you could I string you, that into a book, couldn't you? Yeah, and I think you have to stipulate that it's in English. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you're inviting one Swedish person <laughs> along and learning well, a language. Well spotted. So or going to Sweden. I do it the lazy way. Well, no, because then you go to Sweden, uh, they're all going to laugh, aren't they? Yeah, they speak English. Yeah. You're right. I'd yeah. choose a country where no one speaks English. Yeah. Or what about an audience where many of them have had their mouths stapled up? <laughs> And one of them hasn't. Again, I find that cheating. Okay. It's harder than it looks. And I have a few ideas for you, Dave. Um, Go on. For, uh, I'm, I'm like now doing... trying to think of a joke that's that obscure. But... I like, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I, can, I, can, I, <laughs> I do sort of Peter K kind of, uh, do you remember things? And people, and I've managed to get things where like it's two, but I've never got down to one. Uh, I've got an idea for you that you could do. Go around the world. This, this is a personal thing I've had that you, yeah. can, you can get involved in. Yeah. I'm being magnanimous, but it's lovely. kind of because yeah, yeah. you do adventures. Uh, hand, <laughs> you've got to find it, uh, people who've got the exact same hands as you. And the reason that I do this, because um, Emma Watson, who plays Hermione in Harry Potter, has the exact same hand as me. How, how have you established that? Wow, well, it's a good question. I went to Harry Potter World where I bought this. Yeah, 18 cool pounds in Slytherin. Because yeah. I don't like Harry Potter. I've subverted it. Uh, and, uh, and they've got their handprints of the young stars, and I put yeah. my hand in in the handprint left by the hand that was Hermione's hand. Yeah. And it was exactly, I mean, not just close. Exact, some people are furiously angry about it. A lot, a lot of people don't like the, I get onto this, they go, don't you fucking dare say you've got the same hands as Hermione. I have got the same hands as Hermione. They're exactly the same. Or, you know, like people say, oh, they got like the Beatles autograph in the 60s and it turns out it was a secretary in a room just sort of signing all their autographs. Yeah. Maybe they were going, oh, we need to get these handprints. Can we get... Oh, no, she's a big actress now. She's not in England. There's, there's that bloke in Richmond who's really... <laughs> he's got tiny, quite yeah. feminine hands. Maybe... Let's get him. It'd be weird. I mean, I've got kind of wide, short hands. I just... Yeah. I have looked at a picture of Emma Watson and for the first time looked at her hands. <laughs> and, uh, she does have really weird, kind of wide hands. It's kind of... When you notice it, it's quite horrible. But you could go around the world trying to find... I have very... I have um, little, tiny, feminine hands. Yeah. Um, and so I fear that would appear to be me trying to meet lots of 12-year-olds. <laughs> and that's frowned upon in this day and <laughs> it age. It suddenly is. Yeah. Well, that's one of my ideas for you. I okay. might, don't know if I'm going to save up the, uh, the other ones for later. Because I think there weren't any more. <laughs> uh, it was mainly... <laughs> was that was it? 
Oh, would you be interested in doing an adventure book in which you and me get yeah. together yeah. and I do this snooker podcast where I play myself at snooker? Yeah. Me one versus me two. And I do moment. darts. Well, no, that's too complicated. <laughs> me one versus me two play you one versus you two at snooker doubles. But you're not mixed doubles. So it's, so it's me, I'll take a shot, then you take a shot, and then the other one of me takes a shot, and then the other one of you takes a shot. And we yeah. find out which coupling is the best out of those two. That sounds very similar <laughs> to you playing me at Snooker. It does, but it's very different. Yeah, I'm not sure in what way the me twos are contributing a You've lot. Got, well, I think you have to listen to the Me One versus Me Two Snooker podcast. Well, like, no, I... I I have heard one of them, but... <laughs> but you have that in common with a lot of people. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I think, I think you'd need to... Um, I think you'd have to make it mixed doubles. Oh, I, think, that I think me, me one and you two yeah. versus you one and... When you say me one, can, do you mean, I mean you me. one or I mean me. me one? Because I mean, mine, mine are called me one and me two. It'd be confusing if you start calling yours me one and me two. It's you very difficult to, for me to start to referring to mine as you <laughs> one and you two, though, isn't it? Because then you've got you two playing snooker with it, and the whole thing's got, it's very complicated. Yeah. And if anyone went to... Because one of them's definitely got the edge. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, we got, we got an applause break, we'll move on. Um, if you, um, have I you was got... hoping that was going to be the thing that only one person <laughs> I'm frankly disappointed. It is. In terms of the, yeah. uh, the comedy Google Whack, as I'm calling it. Yeah. Gaggle Whack. Gaggle Whack. Oh, he's even good at coming up with the names. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, have you ever come up with a terrorist atrocity? <laughs> like the Charlie Brooker one. I had an idea of uh, people, like a, a woman with large, who doesn't have large breasts, having false breasts put in that were full of. Um, the man's leaving now because he's gone. He's had the idea of filling. People are leaving at very odd moments, presumed to go to the toilet. Um, the, to put, like, inside their, you know, silicon implants of bombs inside their yeah. breasts, which I think has almost happened. It has happened, so that one's almost come true. Do you... Do you cause I, I was at this Guy Fawkes night uh, on Saturday, and yeah. every time I go to this field, there's 20,000 people in a field, and every time I say to my wife, and she hates me for this because I'm obsessed with death and terrorism, <laughs> I say, if I was a terrorist, A, a bonfire night would be a great thing to attack because yeah. there's a lot of banging and stuff. It would take people ages to realise. There's yeah. three exits to Ravenscourt Park. Just put a man with a machine gun at each exit and just start walking in, especially when everyone's leaving. I reckon you could take out 5,000 people. It'd be more successful than 9-11 and it would only need... I mean, you need a lot of bullets. That's, uh, but you could chuck in a couple of hand grenades, I suppose. I'm not saying do it. I'm just saying... I'm not saying do it. I've just I've thought of that and then that's... It's helpful, and I've pointed it out. And if that happens, I'll go, I did warn you. <laughs> and if it, if it happens that it's me who's done it, I'll go, I kind of did really warn you about it. Have you ever, do, you, do you find I, yourself thinking them up or not? Is that not something you do? No. I've, Does that make I've, me unusual? I've never once thought, how would I kill an awful lot of people? <laughs> That's ne literally never crossed my mind. I know, it's not Until that, now. Yeah. And it's going to haunt me. <laughs> I don't want to do it, I just kind of, it's almost like I'm thinking of it in order to try and prevent it. Because I think, yeah. if I'm on a plane and I think the plane will crash, that saves it from ever crashing. It will not crash, because I have thought of it. And it would be too much of a coincidence, therefore, for the plane ever <laughs> to crash. And that is how you prevent yourself from ever being in a plane crash. And anyone who's been in a plane crash, it's your own fault. <laughs> 
and you can tell that to anyone who survived or the ghosts of anyone you know who is <laughs> but that involves everyone who's ever been but you've like hundreds of people on a plane yeah. and I reckon on every single flight somebody has had that thought what if it crashes well so all I can say is I'm walking evidence of the success <laughs> And if I do ever die in a plane crash, it's because I've forgotten to think that. <laughs> so if I think of these terrible terrorist atrocities, they won't happen, but they nearly did. The one with the knives on the... the what's weird I mean, driving a, ni- a truck into people, surely that's going to kill enough people. You don't have to put some knives on the, on the lorry. It's just... I mean, it's almost like a comedy idea. It's like, oh, yeah, we cut off someone's hand. What's making me uncomfortable is we're yeah. recording this on November the 5th. Yeah. So we're going to come out of this. We're in a darkened room without internet access. We're going to come out and then find out whether or not there was a terrorist attack at Ravens Court Park <laughs> yeah. on bonfire night. And you're going to feel absolutely terrible if that happens tonight. I feel vindicated. <laughs> <laughs> I feel amazing. It's just an idea for any of the Al-Qaeda people yeah. listening in. Don't do it. I mean, I would say don't kill any people. But if you're going to kill people, why not do it in a way that will amuse people and make them laugh a little bit as well? Because surely killing the people is bad, right? That's the bad thing. If you do it, have a little joke in there as well, like cutting off their feet before you kill them. Is that, well, is that worse? Is that suddenly worse? It's through the killing the bad thing. People's minds are all fucked up on this, Dave. Yeah. I think maybe doing it as a novelty act on um, Britain's Got Talent. Yeah. <laughs> Just because at least then you're taking some of the right people with you. <laughs> and you're guaranteeing it's being filmed, so you guarantee all the publicity, and that's obviously a large part of what they want. Um, that, that would do it for me cool. maybe like a Gallagher tribute act. I mean, you know Gallagher is an American comic whose main thing was smashing melons with mallets uh, and that, that was it basically that, that was the act I think maybe a, a Gallagher tribute act where the fourth melon contains some high explosives <laughs> and takes out Amanda Holden right <laughs> don't have someone upset by that idea it's nice that you love human life that much yeah. it was okay when it was abstract random <laughs> thousands of people <laughs> Now it's not abstract, and someone we've seen on the telly and is quite pretty. We're not happy. You've got a very strange sense of morals, whoever you are down there. Did you see this thing about the Egyptian Coptic Pope? Uh, picked by a, a boy out of a ball. Yeah, blindfold. a blindfold boy yes. uh, who was one of 12 boys um, picked out. They, they put the three candidates' names in a bowl, like, in a, like an FA Cup draw, yeah. and made him pick the. The winner out. Yeah. I think it's brilliant. I actually think all, uh, all elections and everything should be done in this way. I'd, I'd like I, to see a wider field of candidates. I got slightly um, sort of thrown mentally when I heard about it, because every time I hear Coptic Pope, I hear Copstick. <laughs> and then I think of the um, uh, Scotsman comedy reviewer, Kate Copstick. And yeah. I love the idea of there being a Kate Copstick Pope, <laughs> who's just going around giving other Catholics <laughs> reviews with one, two, three, four, five stars as yeah. she sees fit. Well, in my system, she could become the Coptic yeah. Pope because I think they should put everyone's name in that. If, it, if they really <laughs> fucking believe in God, he'll pick out the right one, right? And it's given him a choice of three who are already high-ranking Coptic people. I think it's giving God a bit of an easy ride. If there's 60, you know, six billion balls in there and then the kid picks out old Archbishop, whatever his name was, yeah. then you'd think, fuck, the, Coptic, the Egyptian Coptics are really onto something there. I'm going to support them. But if it picks out... The chances are they pick out someone who wasn't an Egyptian Coptic <laughs> who would then have to be the Egyptian Coptic Pope. I think that'd be quite interesting. But this is the answer for every organisation that pisses you off, yeah. is that 
now the the rules are that um, the BNP have got to be open to any membership. They they have to allow anyone to yes. to join them. So what should happen is that millions of us on the same Monday should all join and then go to the annual general meeting and change all the policies. Because <laughs> we will then be in the majority. And we should do that with absolutely everything. We should all join the Tory party and we should all go to conference and we should all start weighing in and we should all tell them to not take away disability benefit because we're now members of your party and you represent us. And we should just constantly hound people out of organisations by joining them. <laughs> Could work. I think they would just yeah. keep going and forming new ones. Yeah, but then they haven't got the brand. <laughs> it's very powerful, the brand in British politics, isn't it? It's Labour and Conservative and then Lib Dem. Oh, we're not so sure, but Labour and is they're the two big brands. And when they're not the Conservative Party anymore, they've got to call themselves something else, then they're outsiders. And yeah, I guess. Be... It's a good idea. But I would think with the American election, for example, all the billions of pounds that get spent on, billions of dollars yes. get spent yeah, on yeah. them doing... And, and it comes down to two blokes, and one of them's usually quite evil, and the other one's a bit less evil. Yeah. And you can sort of buy your way to be the president... Even if they just said, like, we're going to make it 100 guys, uh, we're going to take 100 top politicians and we're just going to pick it out of a... We're going to get a blindfolded boy. I think that's <laughs> always the important thing. It always it has be to a boy. be. Blindfolded boy or a monkey. Yeah. A, bl- a blindfolded monkey, so there's or, no... Just to make sure he's not cheating, yeah. an actually blind boy. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no chance of him rigging, looking through the blindfold, yeah. being paid off. He's actually just medically blind and it's or freshly random. blinded for the purpose a freshly blinded boy somehow I knew that you were going to go there uh, then I, you could be really sure because like a blind a boy who's been born blind and lived for eight years as a blind boy might be able to sense the different weights of the balls from the sound they make yeah. but a boy who's just had his eyes literally poked out yeah. I think would have been distracted enough by pain and the confusion yeah. to, alternatively, to make a, alternatively, a fair choice alternatively yeah. you could just to save that happening you could I know this is just an idea have all the balls actually weigh the same <laughs> uh, instead of your system of weirdly having them differently weighted so that a, th- an actually born blind person would be able to tell and so you have to blind a child how about not blinding the child and making all the balls the same fucking weight they would be able to what's so very, difficult about that very there are a lot of there's like blind, blind people who can really tell the difference between there's one who can do radar have you seen that blind guy who can do radar so they can do he'd be able to just sense even like a tiny milligram of the different ink <laughs> You have to take that into account. So it's safer, I think. Yeah. Because this is an important decision. This is the President of the United States. We don't want to mess around, give anyone yeah. a chance of cheating. But if it was one in a hundred, I don't think Mitt Romney would bother going for it. And no one would support him. None of the big businesses would get behind him. You go, you've got a one in a hundred chance of being the guy. We're not going to give you any money to, you know. How would you select the hundred people? Just completely at random? I'd prefer it to be random. I think, that, I think wouldn't it be a better system? I think this is genuinely quite a good political system. You put everyone's name in a hat, you pull out 12 names and you say, you're the cabinet. At least they wouldn't have all gone to the same school. <laughs> if they, they did, did something was <laughs> yeah, yeah. go, oh, this is pretty amazing. <laughs> so I, you know, I think the random nature of it, I think the chances are, you, know, you might get someone terrible, yeah. but democracy is thrown up in 100 years. Hitler, uh, Margaret it? Thatcher... <laughs> Mitt Romney, possibly. So, you know, I think there's, there's a good chance of it happening without that. There's sort of one in two chance. If you make it one in a hundred or one in a thousand, it's not, yeah. it's not any, and you could spend the money on something reasonable and decent, and then no, big business wouldn't get behind and go, I'm supporting this president until afterwards, and you might, get, you might actually just end up with an honourable person who wouldn't take the money. Yeah, you also might but you'll never But you'll never end up with an honourable person in the current system. Are you convinced of that? Yeah. 
You're probably right. Yeah. So there's a chance you might get someone who's great. There's a chance you might get someone who's awful. But you're pretty much going to one in two get someone who's awful as every four years. Yeah. Romney scares me. Yeah. Romney does scare me. I, I didn't realise how uh, insane Mormons were until I went to Salt Lake City. Right. Uh, and I, I just thought Mormons were kind of, you know, another branch of Christianity. No worse, no better. It's just, an, you know, like Methodists and Catholics and whatever. I just thought it was in, in the kind of panoply of, of Christian faiths. And then um, I met some of them. And, and they're not. They're properly mental. <laughs> I, I'm an atheist who I would like to think respects other people's faith. Uh, if, I, if you want to make that choice, that's absolutely fine. Uh, but I, they, they love Scientologists. Scientologists have taken all the heat off the Mormons <laughs> because the Mormons are as insane as the Scientologists, just Scientology is more recent and more obvious. Because Mormons believe that Jesus went to America and they believe that the Native Americans are a tribe of Israelites who travelled to America. And they believe this because a man called Joseph Smith told them that he found a book in the woods made of gold. <laughs> and he carried it back to his house. And he tells them this story because he doesn't realise that the book he's described, if it was made of gold, could not be carried by a human <laughs> man. It would be too heavy. But he didn't know that because he'd never seen that much gold. So he carried this book home. He also found a pair of magic glasses that helped him translate the book. And the book told him about how Jesus had travelled to America. There's no archaeology to support it, and boats weren't possible to get that far at that time. It doesn't, but that doesn't matter. He's got this magic book, and he's translated it with his magic glasses. He then showed the book to 11 people who all swore they'd seen it, although later on some of them said actually they hadn't. And then he went and gave the book back to God, and it ascended up to heaven. So there's no evidence that this actually happened. Years later, another scroll that he found, and he said was something like from the book of Abraham, when they found the Rosetta Stone, which meant they could then decrypt old writing, uh, it turned out it wasn't from the book of Abraham at all, it was some Egyptian papyrus record of a wedding, it was just a bit of filing and paperwork from back in the day. So he's a known liar, he's a proven liar, the man who found this book, and now millions of people have got... That's as insane as Scientology and one of them might end up as the most powerful man in the world. <laughs> Until 1972, they believed that black people were inferior. And then it became a bit politically expedient to, to actually acknowledge that they weren't, and so they ch God changed his mind in 1972, yeah. according to them. <laughs> That's okay, fucking mental. <laughs> I, it genuinely scares me. Yeah, well, hopefully he won't be present. I think he might be. Uh, I don't think he will be, but you don't know. <sighs> And the world's going to end on uh, December the 12th. Yeah. yeah. God, used, God used to think you could have uh, as many wives as you wanted until uh, Utah wanted to join the United States, at which point God changed his mind. <laughs> it's weird how God is so tied in to what's politically useful for Utah. He's got to be allowed to change his mind. Well, yes. If yes. you think about it, God, you know, it's... It's sort of odd that God would come up with a moral system that's based on... You wouldn't, I can't imagine that God eats or goes to the toilet or lives in a desert. And yet many he of his moral... He does go to the toilet. He does go to the toilet. Does he go to the toilet? Otherwise, what is rain, Richard? That's <laughs> God weeing. That's God weeing. Where does his poo go, if that is the case? Well, we hear it, don't we? We hear the thunder. <laughs> yeah. 
Must be landing somewhere. <laughs> somewhere on the moon. The yeah. dark side of the moon. That's why it got so dark. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's, it's odd that he would make up a moral system, you know, based on something with a digestive system that lived in a desert. And that's most of it. Yeah. And then had to broaden out. He didn't think ahead. No. Uh, is what I'm saying. But uh, anyway, uh, I will move on to an emergency question because it's got a bit serious with all the... I apologise to get angry about No, it's good. We're are. allowed to. This is about the hour mark. We're allowed to get a little bit serious. Um, if you had to have... You've got the choice. You either have a hand that is made out of ham or an armpit that dispenses sun cream. But... Wait until you've heard it all. Yeah. Um, the hand ham, if you eat or anyone eats the ham hand, it will grow back, but mm-hmm. not immediately. It's not yeah. a magic. Yeah. Uh, it will just grow. <laughs> it is kind no, of magic. It obeys the laws of physics <laughs> and biology. It will grow back in about a week. Right. If you ate it all, you could have a nibble and that would grow back in a short amount of time. Yeah. So you'd yeah. always be there. Um, and you know, if you're hungry and you could feed people, and with it's it. a functioning hand, yeah, it works yeah. as a hand yeah, as well. Yeah, uh, and the sun cream armpit it kind of dispenses when you want it to, but not an unlimitless amount, so it'll be enough to for you and your wife and maybe two small children <laughs> of your choice to, <laughs> to you know, yeah. to have enough for it to keep you in sun cream as much as you wanted for the rest of your life. Yeah, <laughs> know where that's come from. Uh, but, um, that yeah. you, uh, but that's it. it wouldn't, you couldn't just start marketing Dave Gorman's armpit sun cream. Um, in, yeah. uh, but you have to choose one of those two things. And if you have any subsidiary questions about this, please do ask, because I want you to be able to make the correct choice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's best to treat me like I'm an very intelligent five-year-old child. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then uh, which would you choose out of the ham hand or the armpit that dispenses sun cream? Well... Um... <sighs> I, I don't eat meat. No. But mor- I don't do that for moral reasons, I just do it because I don't really like meat. Um, do you eat sun cream? No. <laughs> okay. However, even if you didn't eat meat for moral reasons, a hand that grew back would not confront any of those moral issues and, and would be able to feed some people who were hungry in the world, but then you'd have to be there and they would literally be biting the fan that he- hand that feeds them, wouldn't they? And that would, <laughs> would be odd. And inconvenient. Although you could just chop the hand off and leave it, knowing that in a week or two, yeah, you've got the new hand. Um, but in the meantime, you're inconvenienced. And I guess the feeling of, well, I did a good thing because I fed someone a whole hand of ham <laughs> would offer some solace, but I'm not sure enough yeah. for, the, for the inconvenience. Um, however... Sun cream is alarmingly expensive. It is. I find. It's one of the... It's annoying... And they, they put a must-use-by date that I don't believe, but I'm too scared to <laughs> use the old stuff in case that means I get skin cancer because I didn't trust them. So I end up buying... Not that I've only been on two holidays in my adult life, um, but I buy sun cream when I go overseas and, and, and then throw it away, and it annoys me. I think the saving, given how expensive sun cream is... The saving I would make by going for the sun cream for a whole family would allow me... I would, I would consciously put the money I'd saved in an account that I used to buy ham. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good, thorough answer. Thank you for thinking about that. You're welcome. Um, have you ever tried to suck your own cock? <laughs> I thought I'd asked him this question. I haven't asked him. So I'm, gonna, I'm interested to know. I'm very glad this didn't have all your siblings. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
of the usual codicil thrown in uh, for fun. Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't. No, no it doesn't. Never been curious. So, not being curious. So certain that it wouldn't reach that you didn't bother. So certain that it wouldn't reach. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No. It, it, it didn't. It's never looked Def- like fun. It definitely has. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing it now. If you if you had to have sex with an animal, if you yeah. had to. Had to. If yeah. you had to. We did talk about animal sex quite a lot in the previous podcast, and that wasn't even a question back then. So we'll yeah. see where we get to. Yeah. Um, if, but you had to say, like, something terrible was going to happen to the and world. And it could be prevented. If yeah. I... Or if you did it, yeah. some, there'd be ham for everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there'd be ham hands for the whole of... Or anyone who was poor or hungry yeah. and not a vegetarian would get a ham hand. Yeah. And anyone who was a vegetarian get a would get hand. Uh, which animal you could but you can the person who's making this bargain is saying it's alright Dave you can have sex with any animal you want but it has to be an animal it can be a specific famous animal or just a species of animal which animal would you have sex with a Shrek (laughs) (laughs) not sure that is an animal Um, I would accept it I'm going to go one more (laughs) one more this is one that hasn't come up very much I think came up once what is your favourite cheese it's a good question. You wait and see the answer. This will bring up some answers. Hmm. It's not a sex base. That's why you're not as interested in it. You're, the, you're like, when's the sex with the Doctor Who? You're thinking, when's he? I wonder what se- and Doctor Who monster Dave Gorman would have sex with. He's never going to be asked that question. We will never find out. What's your favourite cheese, Dave? Uh, Dalek. Oh, oh, sorry. Damn, sorry. Um, ah, cheese. Sorry, I was thinking of another question. Um, I, uh, I, I, I'm late to cheese. I used to be very bland and, um, you know, just sort of... It was mild cheddar mm-hmm. uh, that was in my fridge and I was not very um, adventurous with cheese. Um, but as, a, as I've got a bit older, I've got more of a taste for it. I don't know the names of all of them, so I'm going to have to be bland in a way and say, I really do like a good wheel of brie. Mm. That's, a, that's a wonderful thing. I didn't realise it was rude to go to the middle of the, of, of the wheel. With your penis, it is. Yeah, don't, don't do that. That is rude. Yeah. In France, that is going to I, I only discovered it was rude recently to, <laughs> okay. to, to take to out the middle. When it's presented as a sort of triangular wedge, obviously the, yeah. the, the point of the apex of the triangle um, is it would have been at the middle of, yeah. of the wheel. And if you cut that bit off, people tut, tut, tut at you and mm. think you're being rude. I didn't realise that, so I offended someone recently. Um, by doing that. Are but you pr- going to apologise for offending them? I, I did apologise okay. at the time for offending them. Do you want I don't to make think they listen to this podcast. They might do. do they might make... do. On the off chance <laughs> they are listening, uh, Tim, I'm sorry I went to the middle it would of be... your brie wheel. would be someone called Tim, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Grow up, Tim. Uh, <laughs> I want to talk to you about Asparagus Week because I was interested in this subject. Yes. It came up in uh, Dave Gorman's PowerPoint presentation. Yes. Um, so I, I have asparagus wee. I yeah. assumed everyone had asparagus wee. If, the, if you oh. eat asparagus, your wee smells of asparagus, right? Yeah. Am I right? Well, it, no, it doesn't smell no. of asparagus. It smells no, of it sugar puffs. Of, um, oh, no, it smells. No, I wouldn't say. There's things that do make my wee smell of sugar puffs, but asparagus isn't one of them. It smells it's sort of asparagus. It's a very similar smell that comes if you eat both of those things. Okay. Um, I don't know. It's the same chemical in both of them. You're the expert the, on that. Not brings gonna... it out. Um, I think 86 percent of the population. Um, experience this phenomenon where if they eat asparagus um, they can smell it in their way for me it happens within 5 or 10 minutes mm. it's very very fast acting it goes straight into the system me too um, and I think that's probably true for most people uh, now you might think that means there are 14% of people who are unaffected uh, and that's not true I'm not quite sure which way it is I think 8% of people uh, think that they're not affected but they are 
It's just that their nose doesn't work. The, the bits in your nose that smell that particular smell do not exist in 8% of the population whose piss stinks just as much as yours and eyes, <laughs> but they have no idea. Uh, and only 6% of the population are genuinely, completely unaffected by this phenomenon. Mm. Um, I know I am, and it happens within five, ten minutes. Uh, Mrs. Gorman um, says it doesn't happen to her, and she won't let me smell her wig. I, see, this was, for me, this was the big sticking point with the well, show. The obvious thing Why is that I could get her to smell my wig, yeah. and then if she could smell it, yeah. we'd know that she had the ability she to even smell it, that? but she won't even do well, that. Would she uh, agree? That's in the marriage contract. If my, I, if, my, if my husband asks me to smell his wee, I will smell his wee. Yeah, she did, won't. You, did you exclude that from the service? We wrote our own vows. She won't smell um, it. So I think you should smell her wee. Yeah. I think you should go in there one time when she's weeing and, not, and catch her up by... and smell it, because I want to know whether she... That's the big mystery of the show. I think you could do a second show... All about, about that. <laughs> my wife's wee. Um, she is here, Beth. Yeah. Um, just yes or no... Can I please smell your wee later? No. <laughs> Let him smell your wee whilst you're married hey, to him. I'm going to respect my wife's wishes. Can Richard... <laughs> I'd love to smell your wee, but you have to eat some asparagus first. I'm not w- weird. Just don't want to go and smack up. Yeah. Smells quite urine <laughs> I want to smell the asparagus. Is it that for me... Aside from there being no Shrek in that show at all, the big, the big drawback was not finding out whether... I think, you know, you've been around the world, finding yeah. people called Dave yeah. Gorman, you've kind of travelled over time zones, you've been, you know, and then you're we've, not We've all travelled over time zones, <laughs> To get to, it's kind of, it looks like... The, you're, you made you're not tra- travelling it. over time zones sound like I was Doctor <laughs> Who for a minute. All you mean is I've been to foreign countries. <laughs> and you've allowed the time zone difference to make you complete a task. And yet you won't smell your own wife's wee. No, I will, she just won't let me. <laughs> Divorce her. Uh, everyone, divorce Divorce. Let's smell a wee now. Let's make a wee now. And then... Well, no, we need the asparagus first, don't <laughs> we? Should have come prepared. <laughs> Next time you come on... I'm sorry. Bring, bring but your we, wife I, I'm, I'm going to respect her wishes and not smell her wee. I do... When we've had asparagus, I loiter near the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> but... She's lighting matches. Sometimes when I do an asparagus wee, even if you flush it, it still smells of asparagus afterwards. That's how, how yeah, much I'm very, It's very pungent for would me you as like well. To, if, would it make you happy if I let you come and smell my asparagus wee? <laughs> Should we, after this, both go and have a bit too much asparagus? <laughs> and then together. we could smell each other. And then you could see that mine doesn't really smell of sugar puffs. Yeah. And I could smell yours and go, oh, yeah, it's a bit like it's sugar not puffs. The, it's the smell of when you open a fresh box of sugar puffs. Yeah. That smell is what I smell when I or anyone uh, who I'm smelling the wee of has had a How, uh, What other people's wee have you smelled? Is this why she won't let you smell your wee, her wee? Because she knows that's... Well, no. You I, smell the wee of so many other women. Asparagus was... she doesn't want to be... Asparagus was on uh, the menu of our wedding breakfast, which means that all of most of our wedding guests had asparagus yeah. and the toilets that evening <laughs> were permanently infused so permanently that you wouldn't know who was individually yeah. responsible so it didn't help with the mystery of my wife's wee I think if you just... a blind child who had been trained <laughs> I think they could decide they've been yeah. trained from birth to smell different kinds of asparagus wee I think they could smell and I think if you have a blind child 
this wouldn't be a bad thing to an experiment at least to be an interesting experiment to carry out yeah. through their life because you're bouncing s- up you're thinking oh piano tuner <laughs> wee smeller which one's it going to be and then Not I reckon the they, could, and they could decipher we could probably do a like an American show about it that's what they like in America don't they they're like medium and they you know yeah. Dexter it's that yeah, kind yeah. of thing they're like someone who's blind but can discern who's asparagus in a pot, a pot of lots of people's wheat they can say that bit is yours yeah <laughs> there might be a crime that that would use, be useful for the police force would keep them on board it's got to the stage where in, nothing's in the, going to the work. point of the opening titles when they're going <laughs> <laughs> it was him <laughs> is my favourite I tell you uh, he wouldn't be he must be annoyed at the moment this is a callback to the Edinburgh Fringe podcast I bet who's annoyed by the news at the moment. Oh, Paul Daniels, I bet he's really cross about what's going on. <laughs> um, wow, it's good. It's a good callback. Let's yeah. not explain it, because no, no, some people will love I think, it. I think we should. It's what it, it's, this is that thing, again, about Twitter, where every thought must be expressed, and if you haven't expressed it on Twitter, you're not thinking it. So people will say things like, can you retweet this to show your support for the nurses? I think... Aren't we all supportive of nurses every day, all the time? Like, do we need to... I don't, I don't understand the idea that if you haven't... And, and people do this on Twitter with the, the Jimmy Savile news and things. And Freddie Starr is doing it in his defence, going, I can't believe they're accusing me of this. I mean, I've always hated paedophilia. <laughs> it's one of my pet hates. <laughs> that was the phrase yes, he used yes. about paedophilia, one of his pet hates. <laughs> Oh, wow, you hate it more than other people do. Is that, you, you've, you've measured how much the society hates it, and you, but you really hate it. I think that's a thought that no one needs to express. Personally. I think turning it into a pet hate makes it less than hating yeah, it. It's, it's like, weird. It's, oh, you know. it's one of those things that slightly bugs me and annoys me. Yeah. Oh, if I could only wipe it out, but you can't. Oh. It winds me right up. <laughs> it really does, honestly. People who are slow in the post office queue litter and paedophiles. <laughs> They're my pet peeves. To make it a peeve, it's even worse, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, yes, and, and it was, I can't remember, Paul had said something about, I hate that kind of thing. Yeah, Paul just did a, a joke about Gary Glitter, yes. using his wig as Gary Glitter, and then everyone said, I can't do that joke anymore. Everyone laughed, and yeah. then he said, I hate that stuff. <laughs> I love the idea of having to say so. If I don't say it, they might think I'm on his side. <laughs> Such a weird idea. So, anyway, that's that. Oh, uh, this, I want to talk about this. This is a review of you. We're, go- we're going to stop soon. But I'm going I'm to see if we can just bulldoze her through. This is, I want you to discuss this. I don't know if you've seen this review. Do you read your reviews? Um, I do. I also forget them. This is a really weird review. If Frankie Boyle is the Mick Jagger of comedy... Which is a big if. <laughs> it's a big if. But the person who wrote this review yeah. explains it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the outspoken voice of the disenfranchised youth, dehumanised by the press and feared by parents nationwide. Which so is it's not. What I've always thought <laughs> Mick Jagger was. And Mick Jagger and, and Frankie Boyle. It's quite complicated. Yeah, if, yeah. But if Frankie Boyle is Mick Jagger who does those things that Mick Jagger doesn't do. So he's yeah. a Mick Jagger. If Frankie Boyle was a Mick Jagger, it's the Mick Jagger that this reviewer is imagining. Not, not the famous Mick Jagger. If Frankie Boyle yeah. is a Mick Jagger that you and I have not heard of, but who possesses these qualities, yeah. then, yeah. if that is the case, yeah. then Dave Gorman is Ringo Starr. <laughs> <laughs> but then, 
But it's probably not the Ringo Starr. No, it's not the Ringo Starr. Another Ringo Starr. Let me tell you not, because then that is explained as well. I've not read this one. This is then explained. He's an everyman. Just like he's he's well known and provides entertainment in a variety of guises. This is the this is Ringo Starr. But he still gives the impression he'd be incredibly polite. <laughs> if he ever met your mother. <laughs> so, what do you say if... If Frankie Boyle is that Mick Jagger that's nothing like Mick Jagger, would you say it was fair <laughs> to say that you were the Ringo star? <laughs> that suddenly provides entertainment of variety. I mean, well, Ringo Starr provides variety by playing the drums and sometimes narrating Thomas the Tank Engine. And sometimes singing. And sometimes singing. I guess that's nearly a variety. Yeah. But a variety of guises. And it's a variety of guises. It's not a variety of ways. No, no. And it's like that you do this as well, because you, yeah. you are this... You're more this than Ringo Starr is, because you're the Ringo Starr who does this. <laughs> and that people... I don't think he'd be polite. Ringo Starr wouldn't be polite if he met your mother, would he? He'd be just kind of offhand and be a bit up himself. Ringo. So I, you're the Ringo Starr that would be polite if you met your mother. I got slightly obsessed with Ringo at one point. His website was amazing. There's, I, I get slightly obsessed with certain people, and it's often when they have a website, and there's a... Like, Paul Daniels, in his early iteration of a website, was fascinating. Uh, Yuri Geller, in his first website, was I just, I would spend hours pouring through the little details in there. And Ringo was one, also, his website's changed and it's no longer all there. But it was like a man who had just discovered how to use the internet for the first time. And, and the thing he'd been taught was how to take a video and put it online. And so there were just these endless, <laughs> mind-numbing videos. And it would be, it, it, it was as if, as if he'd woken up and had to learn everything again, including language, <laughs> but had found a magic box that took pictures. So the, the videos were him in his garden saying, hello, Ringo here, I'm in my garden, here's a flower, and this is a tree. Peace and love, peace and love. <laughs> and there used to be like hundreds of them. And they were addictive. I was just like scrolling through Ringo's videos constantly. And then he had that slight um, snap moment where he was suddenly, if you've ever sent me anything, fuck off. <laughs> and got a bit rude and he would yeah. not be polite to he your mother. Be, he would be worried about taking him home to my mother. But that's not who we're talking about. No, no we're, we're not talking about that. Exactly. We're not talking about that Ringo star. We're talking about the Ringo star. That, do you think that's fair? Do you think it's fair to say that only, only in these conditions, if Frankie Boyle yeah. is Mick Jagger, yeah. who is the outspoken voice of the disenfranchised youth, will you put this quote on your next poster in full? <laughs> <laughs> in quite bigger letters than your name. So it says Dave Gorman, quite small. Or could this be the name of your next tour? I think, if Frankie I think Boyle... I'm going to make this the title of my next show, and I'm going to make the words Frankie Boyle, Mick Jagger, and Ringo Starr really huge. <laughs> And leave my name really small so that somebody walking past it sees the poster and thinks, What? <laughs> Frankie Boyle, Mick Jagger, and Ringo Starr are collaborating? What could this be? 
Because I think the people who fall for that are my target audience. <laughs> the people who, if you drew a Venn diagram of people who like Mick Jagger, people who like Ringo Starr, and people who like Frankie Boyle, who would sit in the middle of that trifecta, they're, they're my audience. Cool. Well, let's do it. I just... I, you know I'm, I'm still struggling to decrypt. If... Yeah. <laughs> now, if we, first of all, man, if Frankie Boyle is Mick Jagger, right, let's try and imagine that, first of all. Even without any, even just let's try and imagine he's Mick Jagger. It's hard to do, but if he yeah. is, the Mick Jagger of comedy. So no, that's but he isn't, he isn't Mick Jagger. No, he's, he's Mick. We all think of Frankie Boyle. Frankie Boyle <laughs> Frank is Boyle to comedy Lee. as Mick Jagger <laughs> is to music. Strutting around on stage flamboyantly, put, pursing his lips, thrusting his. He's no. such an eccentric performer, isn't he, Frankie? <laughs> he's all. He's so physical. Very physical. The outspoken yeah. voice of disenfranchised youth. And he's so youth as well, isn't he, Frankie? He's yeah. so... He is. He's, you know, he's always going on about the youth of today. And so's, and so's Mick Jagger. I think a lot of young people look up to Mick Jagger. Yeah. Dehumanised by the press. What was Mick Jagger dehumanised by the press, which... Is that true of Mick Jagger at all? Has he been dehumanised? People are looking at Mick, Mick Jagger. He's not. He's not a human I, being. I, the press have written so oh, much I about him. It meant the me. youth had been dehumanised. Oh, the maybe. Press. Well, well. Dis, the voice. Okay. Dis, no, I think it's him. He's the outspoken voice of disenfranchised youth. He's dehumanised by the press and feared by parents' nation. It's not Mick Jagger, is it? Mick Jagger's not feared by many no. parents. Then. If that is if the case, if that is, if it is, yeah, then you are. I, well, I think what they're saying is that you aren't Ringo Starr. I think that's what they're saying. Because well, uh, yeah. Frankie Boy isn't Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger isn't that stuff. And so if that, if it was that stuff, then you would be Ringo Starr, and you would be the Ringo Starr who's nothing like Ringo Starr. Yeah. But, but, and this is the point that this yeah, is yeah, why it's a yeah. genius writing. This is the point the reader has to put together. But Frankie Boy isn't. Isn't the comedy version of no, Mick Jagger, no. and nor is he the comedy version of Mick Jagger that isn't Mick Jagger, which means that you aren't Ringo Starr or the version of Ringo Starr that is nothing like Ringo Starr. The, yeah. the variety of guys is. I feel an overwhelming urge to tell your mum to fuck off, <laughs> um, proving that I'm not that yeah, version not. of Ringo you Starr. She, she deserves it. <laughs> I'm not. I, what I want, because it's clear that the person who wrote that review actually thinks that Frankie Boyle is Mick Jagger, okay. and, and that I am. Oh, hold on, then I have to rethink. I thought I'd got it. But I, I but want, if, so if Frankie Boyle is the Mick yeah. Jagger of comedy, and yeah. he has all those things, yeah. But that they could think that. But yeah, does yeah. that mean that they they still think that you were that well, that they think? Well, you like are. they need they need another paragraph where they explain what I am if Frankie Boyle is not <laughs> that. Don't they? They need an or if, if Frankie Boyle isn't. Uh, yeah, maybe that got sub-edited out because I think maybe they, if there was a sub-editor on this, they might have gone to work a little earlier. <laughs> but, but if Frankie Boyle is the Huey Lewis of Huey Lewis of the news <laughs> yeah. of rock and roll, yeah, a charismatic singer who had a time in pub rock and was the first band to use a drum machine in a chart <laughs> hit. Sacking, leaving people like Ringo Starr bereft of employment. <laughs> then Dave is an unemployed drummer who hates your mum. Ringo Starr. I, I think they like the show. I think they like the. I read the rest of the review. I think they, they like the show. show. I'm not think, I don't think they're saying Dave Gorman, what a cunt. No. Uh, I think they're saying you know 
you're nice. But I just gone if Frankie, I'd have said if Frankie Ball seen a bit of a wild card and bit, you know you, you can't yeah. be sure if he's going to say the wrong thing, you're probably a bit safer with Dave Gorman. He's probably not going to start mocking disabled people halfway through his act. Yeah. What they've done there, because most reviews they've got maybe 150 words <laughs> yeah. would be a sort of average space for a, a comedy review. Sometimes they might have like you know 400 words, and sometimes they've got 800. Um, depending on the publication and, and how weighty uh, yeah, you are deemed to be by that publication. Um, what that person has done is use almost all of their word count <laughs> advertising the fact that they're mental. <laughs> but it'd be quite a good... I'm quite, I'm quite keen to just throw this open to the people at home. That's It's like a, an exam question. If, if <laughs> Frankie Boyce is the big jack of comedy, then David Gorman is, is Ringo Starr, all that stuff. Discuss. <laughs> In, and then we can, whoever it, sends in the best eight-page yeah. eight A4 essay or maybe it, it, will it feels win a prize. like you can ask all that question and then end it by just saying which train will arrive first <laughs> 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 It'd be quite good uh, another one of your reviews is the master of the unexpected punchline that's what you are that's beautiful isn't it <laughs> Because there's, there's lots of people who have mastered the expected punchline. <laughs> there's loads of people who've got those brilliant punchlines that you know are coming. But I've really mastered the surprise you have. punchline. <laughs> it's good. Well, to get to the other side. <laughs> I did not expect that. So there was so much more other things to talk about with you, but I think uh, we maybe throw open, uh, have a couple of... <laughs> We're going to see if the audience can come up with some decent questions. That guy last week, the two weeks ago, I was David Mitchell, I was only messing around. I deliberately kind of made it look like I was upset and crying at the end of last week. I was only messing around. Um, it's just what I do. Um, so don't worry. I'm, I'm, I think I'm better than all of these people I interview. Just, just the world. Don't shut up. I'm talking now. Uh, so uh, I'm like uh, the Danny Baker. If, if I am the Danny Baker of the, my, the podcast and I've sacked myself for being self-indulgent. Um, okay, uh, let, has someone got a question? Was a lady shouting something out there or a high-pitched man? No? Where? That's good, I've got you. There's loads of There's someone with a hand up really high. Looks like a kind of ape of some kind. I can't see, it's very dark. It's uh, maybe a man or I think it's a gentleman. Hello? Um, it is a man! Hey. Correctly identified. Would you have done Are You Dave Gorman if we had Facebook already? Would you have done Are You Dave Gorman if there were Facebook already? Um, it's not whether I would have done it, it's whether it would have happened. <laughs> because the question sort of presupposes that I did it in order to make a show, and I didn't. I made a show about some stuff that had happened. But the thing, the first domino that toppled was me being in a pub with a friend, and I'd had an email from someone telling me that the assistant manager of East Fife Football Club uh, was called <laughs> Dave Gorman. And we were a bit pissed. We were in a lock-in in a pub somewhere, and I'd said this, and he thought I was making it up, and I think he was just having a bit of... He was just being a bit gnarly and, and stupid with me. Going, no, it's not, no, it's not. Uh, and we got very drunk and ended up going to King's Cross and getting the first train up to Scotland and went to the match. And that was the first moment that became this story that I told people about. If that conversation was happening today... Um, we wouldn't have gone to the train station and got one of us would have got a phone out and gone there you go there you go there's the proof and so the conversation wouldn't have gone any further so it wouldn't have happened so it's not you see what I mean no it wouldn't have happened but it isn't it was, it was never let's do this thing and write about it 
It if, was, I'm nearly bankrupt because I've done this thing. I'd better tell people about if, it. That's the Dave, order in which it happened. If Frankie Boyle was the Mick Jagger of comedy, would yeah. you still have done Are You Dave Gorman? Well, now I'm, I'm in the uh, a situation I never thought I'd be where I'm now thinking, what would Ringo start? <laughs> And I've never thought that before in my life. I tell you, if Dave, David Mitchell wanted to do... If David Mitchell had come up with this idea, it would have been very easy for him. I looked at David Mitchell on yeah, the IMD, yeah, yeah. 46. Dave Gorman, there are only two Dave Gormans, and I think the other one is probably the Dave Gorman that you had in your the, Dave Gorman There are show. two of us on... on uh, you're number one. You're yes. Dave Gorman one. And, and he is Dave Gorman two. Yeah. Uh, and he was on my show. Yeah. Yeah. So there aren't many... It's not, we, we, it's not it would a very be a bit galling if he was number one and I was number two, <laughs> wouldn't it? But David Mitchell isn't the first David Mitchell. I thought David Mitchell would be the first David Mitchell, but he isn't. Uh, well, there's an author, isn't there? But it's a... There is, but that's, you know, that's the common one. But there were literally 46. I don't, we don't want to go over last week's joke, but it's, just listen to it. It was amazing. Yeah. Anyone else got a question? Yeah, they're not really worried now. There's someone down here. Ah, oh, hello. Yes. Have you ever used a three-day-old Yorkshire pudding as a substitute prawn crackers? Have you ever used a 3D old Yorkshire pudding as a substitute for prawn crackers? I'm hoping that's some kind of reference to your work that I don't get, otherwise it's quite no, a surreal. No, it's no, not. it could no, be a new, no, could, no, be a new no. could be a new could be a new emergency question you've created, sir. Yeah, I think it probably is. Um, no. It's no ham hand, is it? No, I no I haven't. But I have used a prawn cracker as a three-day-old Yorkshire pudding. So. Did you Similar have, but not the same. I used to, I used to love having I used to have um, golden syrup on my Yorkshire puddings when I was little. It's nice. They're like sort of pancakes, savoury pancakes. Ooh, weird. Yeah. But I, I didn't go. like Yorkshire puddings in, like, I do now, I love them. Yeah, yeah. I, I was from Yorkshire, so I should have, you know, it was like, I was nearly left out on a hillside. Uh, well, but then... I think you've confused Yorkshire and Sparta. <laughs> I don't think I have. Uh, you, you've clearly never been to Yorkshire. Um, cool, well, we've had a nice time, haven't we? It's been all right, isn't it? We had a nice time, everyone. I haven't looked like I was going to cry at the end. I did cry, but with laughter, uh, a couple of bits. Mainly the Mick Jagger review. Mainly the Mick is... Jagger thing. I'd love if Mick Jagger was getting a review somewhere. If the Rolling Stones yeah. are back on tour now, and if they were getting a review saying, if Mick Jagger is the Frankie Boyle of rock music. <laughs> I, wait, I think... Um, I think we need to look at the Ringo Starr bit again. <laughs> He's an everyman. He's well known. I mean, he is well known. I don't, I don't think of Ringo as an everyman. <laughs> you don't see Ringo and think he is just like us. That drug casualty who can't remember the heyday. <laughs> he provides entertainment in a variety of guises, right? But he still gives the impression he'd be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you met your mother, but he wouldn't be. No, he wouldn't. I mean, that's they're saying he looks. Yeah, yeah. they're, they're saying he looks like he'd be polite, but then he'd get there, and he would, you know, just punch your mum in the face. I think if I if I spend the next two years of my life professionally trying to be more like Ringo, yeah, then will Mick Jagger turn into Frankie Boyle? <laughs> It's, it's hard to know. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to be thinking about this one for quite a long time. You can do so, if you have an essay, do send it in. It has to be handwritten um, on A4 page, lined paper. I will read it and mark it and return it to you. You can send it to me via the Leicester Square Theatre. I won't get it for a couple of weeks, but um, I, I, I promise to read it and mark it and return it if you put a stamped address envelope. And that is the question. <laughs> discussed. Where, where was that review in? It was in, I believe, in Giggles Beat, the website Giggles Beat. That explains why I haven't seen it. 
I did some proper research and I wrote it in my Slytherin notebook. Because I'm a little bit evil, I'm a little, I'd be on Slytherin. I met Draco Malfoy while well, I was in the same room as him. It's <laughs> a bit scared to meet him. Don't really, didn't check his. If I'd, no, it was before I'd done the hand thing, I would have checked his hands. They're going, can I just put my hand against your hand, Draco Malfoy? Ooh, it's made of ham. <laughs> yeah, I think we should go. Again, it's sort of, you know, we should end. Why don't we just do a massive ending and then do three encores? Uh, thank you very much for coming to the Let's Square Theatre podcast. We'll be back with Adam Buxton on the 19th. That's pretty much sold out. You might be able to get a couple of tickets. Uh, and Russell had on the 3rd of December some tickets for that one. Uh, I kind of don't want that one to be full of teenage girls because I think it's I'll He's probably never be arrested ever straight away afterwards. <laughs> so, um... Uh, we find it very hard not to do a, a variety of jokes. So please, if you're a grown-up, and uh, preferably a very unattractive man, could you come to that one and at least fill the first five rows? Although Russell won't know what the fuck is happening. <laughs> if he looks at an audience of ugly old men, it will freak him out. Oh, welcome him. to my life. <laughs> Why don't we get some cardboard cutouts just of the front row? Not you two on the end there. Not you, madam. Just stick that there, you'll be very scared. Anyway, thank you very much to my guest, Dave Gorman. Ladies and gentlemen, to see you on. You have been listening to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, David Gorman. The music was by Pest. Thanks to Orange Mark and the British Comedy Guide, PCG, and Ian Tunes at iTunes. It was produced by Ben Walker. It's a fuzz and sky potato production for the internet. It's free. How'd you like them sky potatoes? (laughs) Hope you've enjoyed the podcast. It is free. Uh, If you've enjoyed it and want to give something back, why not come along and see one of the other shows? Uh, If you're in London, uh, Adam Buxton on the 19th of November is pretty much sold out, but do check with the venue for tickets. And the 3rd of December, we have Russell Howard. Uh, or you can uh, buy stuff from gofasterstripe.com Fist of Fun Series 2 will be out by the end of the month you can go and pre-order that now if you want to see it with minimal cuts uh, I'm on tour uh, we're talking cock this month I'm in Aldershot on the 17th of November Newbury on the 29th and Win- Windsor on the 30th all the tour dates for those uh, and next year and all the details are at richardherring.com slash talkingcock2 the number 2 2 uh, have you got anything to publicise Ben? Uh, you could also listen to Pappy's Flat Share Slamdown with Pappy's, the Perrier losing comedians uh, who are a rival podcast. We should never put. Do they publicise me on theirs? No, they don't. Fuck them. Go and listen to their things or go and see them record them. No, no recording, just listen. No, just listen. There's no recording, just listen to them on the internet for free. You don't need, and don't, but don't buy any of their stuff because it's not worth it, but you should buy some of my stuff if you like. Or just tell your friends about this podcast. Uh, there's loads of them. They're all still up there. They're all free. Uh, and uh, maybe they'll buy something. Who knows? Bye.